0: Thanks for tuning in to the Docs Sportscast again today. Really appreciate all the support, everybody listening out there. So um, we are recording this video at the, well, in the second quarter of game six of the NBA finals. Uh, Five minutes and 20 seconds left to go in the second quarter. Tie ball game. So we don't know how everything's going to end here. Um, Hopefully it stays a... Good, close game, and uh, this episode will be done recording before the ep- the uh, game is over and we can kind of sit back and enjoy the, the end of the game. Didn't really want to be recording there at the end just because I want to focus on the game see what happens. So with that being said, um, we'll give you guys a quick update. Like I said, it is tied 33-33 um, at this point in the game, just under uh, 5 minutes to go in the second quarter the man it's crazy both teams came out very very tight and very nervous to start this game it was apparent out there uh you know i mean just turnover after turnover from these teams bad shots taken good shots missed like these teams were not really ready to go out there tonight when they first started it it was clear Uh, everybody was playing really tight Everybody's playing uh, nervous. You know, the only person I think that came out and wasn't looking nervous uh, and hesitant uh, from the beginning was uh, Chris Middleton a little bit, uh, but Giannis Antetokounmpo, definitely. And so, you know, eventually that, that's what happens. You know, the home if both teams come out tight, both teams come out, you know, not playing their best, turn the ball over a little bit not really being aggressive with some of their shots you know not knowing where to get their looks and things like that, not sticking to their offense and how they want to go uh, about the game. the home team is going to loosen up quicker that's just that's a common thing. it will happen. Um, if two teams come into a game, both are playing tight. It's going to be so much easier for the home team to loosen up. And they did. The home team loosened up. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 10 points in the first quarter. Uh, done, his, done his thing on the boards as well. And he has been a very intimidating presence in the game so far. You know, on both ends. On both ends. He's blocked a couple shots now. He has uh, really been dominant from a rebounding standpoint. I mean, seriously, he's the only guy rebounding out there. Uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks the only guy out there really rebounding right now at this point everybody else is just sitting around the perimeter and they know he's gonna still get you boards because You can't you can box him out, but you need someone who is Able to push him back Aiton is not really able to do that because he can't get down low enough and then you got other guys who they don't have the body weight to push him so you really only you need Jamison Crowder to be boxing him out and he's caught on the perimeter half the time on guards so he's just getting a lot of rebounds you know getting second chance points for Milwaukee Bucks and he's made some great moves made some great moves he's really shown that he is a mismatch nightmare there's really no one that can uh, defend him properly when he sets his mind to it and is playing the right way obviously he can sit back, take jump shots. He can go to the perimeter and, you know, barrel into people and not really take a good shot. But if he takes his time, gets in the paint, does a spin move, does a euro step, something like that to get around defenders, you're not going to be able to defend him properly. I mean, there's very few guys in the league that could do that. And so it's there's really nobody on the Phoenix Suns that can do it. And man, he's he's grown up. He's grown up a lot in this game, uh, in this series. He's matured so much, and his playing style has reflected that. His efficiency has affected, uh, you know, has been shown throughout this. Uh, Yeah, he's just he's just really really grown to be better and better as this series goes on. So that's really exciting to see. Can't wait to see what he does with the rest of his career. But yeah, at this point, um. You know, the Suns came out really good to start the second quarter. Uh, they're playing very well in the second quarter. And again, like I said, the home team loosens up a lot quicker. It's just natural for that to happen. But then once your team goes down a bit and you're the away team, it's like, you know what? What do we got to lose? We're we're, we're too tight. We're missing shots. We're taking bad shots. What are we doing? Like, guys, let's go out there and play. And you got a veteran guy like Chris Paul who's going to make his guys do that. And Chris Paul was very hesitant. He wasn't taking shots. He wasn't trying to score. And you know what? Second quarter, he's come out there, and he said, you know what? I'm going to take some shots. And he has taken more shots. He's taken, you know, I mean, at least four shots so far in this quarter. I think he'll take a few more to end it. And that's more than the first quarter. They don't need him to take a ton of shots. Just a few, just to go out there and get the shots he needs. He was looking to pass, pass, pass way too much. I mean, he wasn't just looking to pass first. He was looking to pass second, third, fourth. Like, that was all he was there to do. And he passed up some really good attempts, uh, some really good opportunities of open shots. And he has not done that in the second quarter. And that's been a big difference right there. Just now. He just got a wide open shot. He took it. He missed it. But the fact that he took it is the big thing. Because you're never going to make a shot if you don't take it. So, the fact that he's taking it, that's good. That's healthy for him because he's been getting looks throughout the game and he didn't take them in the first quarter. So, again, they're up three points right now 39 36. Uh, just got a timeout, three minutes, 11 seconds left in the second quarter. So, pretty good game at this point. I think Phoenix has, I mean, obviously they're showing it. They have the ability to, you know, compete, um, play well uh, away, and, you know, that. It's a toss-up at this point. Well, that's going to happen. But, uh, man, if Giannis gets it in his mindset again, like, hey, I'm going to take over. Give me the ball. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to do my thing. They're not going to be able to stop him. The only thing that can affect them is if Giannis goes away. And that's what they've done. They, they've went away from Giannis Antetokounmpo in the second quarter. I, I don't understand it. I really don't. But they have. They've went away from him. Honestly, I don't know why they don't do some pick-and-roll things with Giannis because if you if you get him in the paint and you do a deep down pick and roll you do something where Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday pops out for a mid-range shot and Giannis gets a guy on his heels coming off a pick I mean he's got the he's got the advantage all day I don't know why they do don't do some of those inside the paint pick and rolls because that could really be impactful for them and it would get him more engaged than what he is right now in the second quarter but, whatever. Um, out and running is definitely going to be the thing that's going to help Phoenix. They need to get out and running. And I'm not talking about just transition buckets, like get out there, score fat. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about get the rebound, get up the court, get guys in some mismatches, get your guys comfortable. DeAndre Ayton is not comfortable. He does not look comfortable. He, he looks very, very tight still into the second quarter. You know, Devin Booker has, has missed easy open shots, like, those two guys are very tight right now, and what's keeping them in it is campaign, uh, Cam Johnson hitting shots, you know Chris Paul getting in there. They get some easy buckets, some easy easy layups and things like that from some people. That's what's keeping them in it. But they're gonna need uh, some shots. They're gonna need some shots from DeAndre Ayton doing his thing inside because they getting they get mismatches and he takes a bad look. They're going to need some shots to go down for Devin Booker. And so far, he hasn't done that. So I, I think that will happen. I think, you know, he'll make some adjustments and get some good looks. But, man, these guys got to understand that you you got to wait to take your shot. You got to wait to get your thing going. And that's what I like right now. If you watch this game, Devin Booker has done that. In the second quarter, he's taken a step back and there's there's some looks that you know he would have he wants to take but he knows I need to let this come to me. I'm not shooting well right now. I'm going to take looks when they come to me. And I think he's going to really light it up in the second half. Maybe I'm wrong, but if you look at a player like him, you look at guys like that who, you know, very much great jump shooters, they have an off night, they start off a game cold. You know, we've seen games from Kobe Bryant the same way. We've seen games from the best of the best. And honestly, that's this is what makes them lethal is when they actually step away. You can keep shooting and shooting and shooting, and you can get yourself out of that funk, but it's going to be a lot of missed shots, and your team's going to go down. The fact that he's not jacking up shots, he knows he needs to take his time, he knows he needs to try and get some easy looks and let the offense come to him, that's dangerous. That is dangerous. And so if I'm the Milwaukee Bucks, I'm concerned right now because Devin Booker, their best scorer, has taken a step back, not putting up points right now, and they're up three points. So I'm a bit concerned. Again, I think this is going to be a very entertaining game. I think it's going to go um, all four quarters before we realize kind of what's going to happen and who's going to win. I think it might come down to the last couple minutes of the game. Um, I hope that it does. I hope it's, you know, a five-point game or less by the time this is over. I don't want to see a blowout either way. You know, if you're a Milwaukee fan, you're probably going to say, oh, yeah, no, I'd rather them blow them out. Like, guys, that, that, like, fine, but don't you want entertaining basketball? Don't you want something thrilling at the end? So, yeah, let's see. Anyway, we'll move on from this a bit, um, talk about it again once we get to halftime, just under three-minute mark just now. But we will talk a little bit about the NFL, okay? Talking about the NFL a little bit between our updates, uh, Aaron Rodgers, okay? Apparently, this is news, all right because ESPN's talked about it today. It's been on the news thread and, you know, whatever. Aaron Rodgers was apparently offered a deal to make him the highest paid quarterback in the league. Why, why is this news? I, I I don't understand. Like, everybody's, like, all freaked out about these reports. Oh, he was offered a deal. He's going to be the highest paid quarterback. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't understand this, guys. We know he was offered a deal. We were told he was offered a deal. That's the that's why this whole thing has been a situation. If he hasn't if he hadn't been offered a deal, then it would have made it seem like this whole issue was on money. And we've known this is not about money. We we've known that. I I I don't understand. I'm I'm seriously confused here. Sorry if it sounds like I'm like stuttering with myself right now, but I'm really bum-fuzzled right now i don't know if that's an actual word but i just made it one i i I don't understand why is this news we knew he was offered a deal and we knew that he turned it down so like that was reported and i guess people just didn't realize how how good the deal was until now but you would think if they were offering him a deal coming off mvp season it would be a damn good deal. So I don't, I j- I'm serious, I just don't understand. You know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm misremembering, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm psychic or something and I, you know, envisioned this news blip, you know, a month ago or two months ago or whatever it was. I, I don't get it, but the thing is that <laughs> I, I really thoroughly remember and believe That, oh, they offered him a deal and he he turned it down. So I I don't understand this. Um, Why is this news? We knew that this wasn't about money. We have known this wasn't about money. People have talked about how this is not about money, right? And, yeah, some people still believe that, but, guys, it's not simple. Like, if it's just about money, it would get fixed. That's what happens with the Dallas Cowboys when there's an issue. That's what happens with all these other teams when there's an issue and it, it is about money. Guys, they can figure out the money. These teams have so much money, they can figure it out. So if it's a money issue, it's going to get solved. The thing is, it's been a big issue because it's not about money. That's the whole thing of this. It's about making a statement. And he has done that. It's about making a statement, showing his importance, showing why he needs control, showing why he needs to be able to be impactful with making decisions, why he needs to be consulted on certain things with the franchise. Like, that that's it. That's 100% it. And he has done that. So, you know, he's never been upset with the money. He's got all the money he needs. Clearly, if he's sitting there sitting out and taking money hits right now from not being in training camps and all these things, like guys, it's not about the money. If it was, he would be there right now okay he is trying to make a statement he is trying to embarrass ownership and management because of the way they did things with the draft and drafting Jordan Love because of the way that they did things in the postseason with trying to kick a field goal when they should have let him go for it on fourth down like that's what he's trying to do and he is doing that he's succeeding with that and he's trying to make them sweat. He's spending a hell of a lot of money to put someone in in a hot seat. Like, that's all he's doing. He's spending a lot of money to make somebody sweat. That's what he's doing. That's exactly what he's doing. So, um, I don't understand why it's a big thing. I, it doesn't doesn't make sense to me. It's never made sense to me. Uh, when it first started becoming, like, news apparently today, I was like, I just don't, I just don't get this. Um, so... Yeah. But anyway, give you guys an update. Again, we're at the three second mark to left to go in the second quarter. So left to go in the first half. And uh Yeah, Chris Middleton's at the free throw line. Uh he made his first free throw. He's he's gonna make a second free throw. I mean he's a you know, he's a really great free throw shooter, so you know it's gonna be looks like it's gonna be a five point game. Yeah, five point game going into halftime. So, you know, unless unless something happens and they, they make a half-course shot or something here for Phoenix, but I, I don't see that happening. So, anyway, it'll be a five-point game going in at halftime. This is um, definitely interesting, for sure, because, you know, Phoenix is going to need that. Phoenix is going to need this lead because I'm telling you right now, Milwaukee's going to come out, and Mike Budenholzer has made some Has made some mistakes, okay? He's made some mistakes. He's made some bad coaching calls. Uh, I don't believe he's, like, the best coach by any means. But he's not not a complete idiot. Anyone who knows basketball is going to be able to take a second and look back at this and say, you know what? What happened in the second half? What happened in the second half of this game, okay? And they're going to be able to look at any box score any box score, and understand what's point-blank out there right now, okay? And what sticks out 100% is that Giannis Antetokounmpo had 10 points in the first quarter. He now has 7 in the second quarter, okay? So he finished the second quarter with 7 points. Chris Middleton... Didn't do much in the second quarter, and Drew Holiday hasn't done much the whole game from a scoring standpoint. He's got six assists. Guys doing, boy's doing his thing from assist standpoint. Like he's getting guys the ball, but he has not done that from the standpoint of, you know, from a standpoint of uh, scoring, which which is fine. He doesn't, he doesn't have to. That's not, it's not a big deal for him, but when you Take a look at what happened. They went away from Giannis. I'm telling you, that that's 100% what happened. And the Milwaukee Bucks have they have every reason to go to Giannis. They have every reason to get him looks, get him shots, and for whatever reason, they went away from him. Okay, now you might say, oh, 10 points to 7 points, like, that's not that's not a big deal. Like what 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 are you talking about? Like that's nothing. You know, he, he's still involved, you know, maybe he missed an extra shot or whatever, but if he hits a shot or he gets a couple free throws, you know, he's right right there where he was. N- no. No, guys, that's that's not the case. So, in the second quarter, okay? Giannis took 5 shots. Right? 5 shots. He made 3 of those. Okay? And the thing is that those shots that he made, they were all inside the paint. Inside the paint. Okay? So he made three shots inside the paint. He missed two shots outside the paint. In the first quarter, he took five shots. But what did he do? He took three inside the paint. He took four inside the paint. And one outside the paint. Okay? He got free throws in the first quarter. Didn't get as many in the second quarter. So what that tells me was he was a little bit more aggressive in the second quarter, or in the in the first quarter, a little more aggressive to get in the paint, to get inside. And what happens is when you're a player, and you know I I play basketball, you know you get some easy shots, you get some buckets inside, you know you're feeling good, and then it's like you know what, let me take some jumpers. I'm feeling good. Okay, that's fine, you can do that. But if you're not a jump shooter you're gonna set yourself up to miss some shots and so literally every shot that he has taken outside the paint in the first half he has missed they need to get him in the paint they need to get him deep in the paint they need to get him where he's got someone on his heels and he can attack because that's what he did in the first quarter okay so if you do that you're gonna be fine but right now he he started to settle for, you know, some jump shots and things, and that's not going to do it. That's not going to get it done. You know, if you're Giannis Antetokounmpo and Milwaukee Bucks, it's not going to get it done. Now, that that has happened before, and it's been fine because Drew Holiday has been stepping up and hitting shots too. He hasn't done that. Middleton did fine, but, you know, he cooled off a bit in the second second quarter as well. And Bobby Portis did his thing. So, you know, so that kept him alive a little bit there in the second quarter. But uh, yeah, so far they have not had a bunch of guys stepping up. Pat Connaughton's 0 for 3 from three pointers. It's clear he's not having a good night. He needs to you know ball fake a bit more, get inside and and try and get other guys open. Like it, it's clear that he's not hitting shots right now, so he needs to let the offense kind of come to him a little bit. And he's rushed a few shots. I've noticed, you know, I've just, I've just seen that where he's rushed a few shots. If you look at the three point percentage, it is a disparity for Milwaukee. And again, this is because. Giannis Antetokounmpo is killing them inside, killing them inside, and they are they are letting him go one-on-one. So when that happens, everybody else is guarding the perimeter really well, and it shows. Three-point disparity is massive right now. 17%, three of 17 for the Milwaukee Bucks, okay? Not much better for the Phoenix Suns, but they took a lot less threes, that's for sure. Four for 12, 33%. That's more efficient, okay? That's just flat out more efficient. You look at the amount of shots. Milwaukee still took more shots, which is, again, the pattern here. Milwaukee's always taking more shots last couple games. And they shot 15 for 43, 34%. But Phoenix shot 18 for 42, 42%, 43% when you round up. So that's big. You know, it it really is. And, you know, free throw-wise, I mean, both teams are kind of doing their thing from free throws. Milwaukee's actually shooting better right now. But, you know, Jameson Crowder has missed his two looks from three. Uh, Bridges has missed his one shot. Devin Booker has missed three shots. So I expect some of these guys to get going. Campaign is two for two from three-pointers. He's definitely feeling really good. I would get Campaign in there a little bit more, uh, play a little bit small ball because what I've noticed is when they do play that smaller ball, it takes Brooke Lopez off the court. And P.J. Tucker is not a scoring threat. I'd much rather have P.J. Tucker out there than Have Brooke Lopez because Brooke Lopez can put points out there, he can hit jump shots and things a little bit more than what PJ Tucker does. So, PJ Tucker's lethal from the corner, but he's not that great a shooter from outside of that corner there. So, yeah, I mean, it was a tale of two tapes when it came to the first half second or first quarter, second quarter. And they really need to make sure that Giannis buckles down and gets to the paint. And I'm telling you right now, he's gonna. He's a guy that understands that. He knows what to do, and he's like he said in his interviews, he's a very humble guy. I appreciate that from him, and it's genuine. So with that humbleness, he's going to calm down and say, you know what, I need to get back inside. I need to get in the paint. Forget these jump shots and crap like that. I need to dominate because I can, and he knows he can. Okay, Hopefully, DeAndre Ayton can figure out how to get out of his slump right now. Uh, Devin Booker can get some shots going because we really want to see, you know, guys going on all cylinders and playing really well it looks like from the Milwaukee standpoint guys are playing fine they really are they're playing fine um you know Drew Holiday hasn't taken a bunch of shots uh, Middleton ha- has you know done his fair share so far I-, I guess you know I mean honestly he should be he needs to he needs to put up 20 for them to have a chance to win right now he's not on pace to do that but, uh, you know, if as long as a couple guys can step up in the second half, Milwaukee will have a chance. If they don't, phoenix it's Phoenix's game. So we will see what happens with that. We'll move on real quick before we uh, wrap up the episode, and we'll talk a little bit about Cam Akers, okay, this back-to-the-NFL running back Cam Akers, okay. He was taken in the second round of the NFL draft last year. And came in the season, was third string running back, I believe, to start the season. uh, He had uh, Malcolm Brown and he had Daryl Henderson Jr. in front of him. And yeah, the course of the season, uh, it went on and I think there were some injuries and things like that, but it got him on the field a bit. He showed some really good really good things out there, really got uh, accustomed to the offense, showed some good things in practice and stuff as well. And so what happened? Well, he became the starter at the end of the season. I mean, yeah, it was a little bit of a split of carries, but man, everybody knew that this guy's coming and this guy's going to be the starter. So going into this season, they let Malcolm Brown go. He ended up moving on to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they kept Daryl Henderson, which was a, a good idea. I mean, you know, that was the guy who they anticipated being their starter going into the season. They kept him on the roster, thankfully, because, you know, just in case something happens. And guess what? It did. This young this young man, Cam Akers, uh, apparently tore his ACL, and he is now out for the season. Didn't even get to play one down in the 2021 NFL football season, so... It's a shame, guys. It's it's so sad. It, it's very sad anytime this happens, but it seems like every year there's at least one guy that this happens to. Every single year, someone is going to pull, tear an ACL. And the interesting thing is, guys, it look at it. Look at the stats. Go back and follow the statistics. It's not these bench players. It's not the second and third string guys. For some reason, these starters, the top running back like there's always one every year and it's never you know it's it's i mean maybe it has happened but before the season you know i have to go back and listen to some statistics but it looks like and it seems to me that there's always a number one anticipated running back that always tears an acl so to me that tells me that and and honestly i think I think the heat of the summer has something to do with this you know when when you're playing in winter and you're playing in the cold your muscles do react differently to things Uh, you know your your tendons and things will do react a little bit different when you're in the heat things are a bit looser Uh, it is harder on you there's more um, tightness there's more chance of dehydration which puts strain on your muscles on your tendons stuff like that there's a lot of factors that kind of go into it but It's interesting that the NFL is uh, shortening the preseason. I think that could eventually help with this issue. But, you know, it seems like they rush these guys back too quick. They rush the starters back into practice. They rush them back to get going. And they tear something. You know, they tear an ACL. So, if I'm the NFL, or if I'm an NFL team... You know, I'm not going to sit there and say that, oh, you know, it's a freak accident. It's a fluke. Like, no, it's not. This is these are not flukes. These are not freak accidents. It's not like, oh, my gosh, it's a once in a lifetime thing. Like, no, this this is something that happens once every year to a premier running back. And so if I am running a team, I'm going to sit there and say, like, guys, when we start training camp, when we have start our drills and we start doing these things, we are we need to ease in a lot more than what we are right now because it's clear that what we're doing is straining a little too much it's clear because at least one person has this happen to them every year a premier running back has this happen to them at least every once every year at this point and you know, I don't. I don't really remember this. You know, ten years ago, or if it, if it was like this ten years ago or whatnot. But definitely for the past like four or five years, I mean, it's always something. It's always some guy that does this, and even if it's not during, you know, the the preseason, which typically it seems like it is. You know, it's within that first game, that first game of the season. So, you know, I I do think that there is an issue when it comes to doing like doing the preseason a certain way there's an issue with it because what happens is and this is my firm belief on this that a lot of times you'll see that first game somebody tear an acl or something i mean look at dad prescott from a quarterback standpoint look what happened to him you know early on in the season he went he went down and and obviously he played a couple games before that but you know When you look at these guys, I think what happens is you either rush them back into training camp and you get them back to full drills. You strain them. You put too much on their body. You don't give them a rest day or anything like that. I mean, these guys are professional athletes, and I get that, but that does not mean that their body can take things that regular people can't take. That that does not mean that in any way. A regular person can start working out and be get to the level of fitness as a professional athlete any person in the world can get to that point the challenge is that these guys are trying to go from 0 to 60 so many times and so you need to take some time go a little bit slower with all your workouts all those things getting back into game shape and stuff for the season and what you need to do after that is once you get into the preseason you need to. These teams need to stop with that fourth preseason game. Now it would be the third preseason game. Stop resting guys. Stop resting them and not playing them at all. Stop sitting them on the bench. Like no, these guys need to get that. They need to continue to stay loose. They need to continue working. They need to continue taking those hits and things like that. They need to continue staying in game shape. And that. And how do you get game shape? You get it by playing games. So in the preseason, I think you need to do a better job of, you know, the second, third, like, second and third preseason games. You need your starters out there still, and you need to, I mean, you don't need to necessarily go all out, you know, the entire game, but keep them in there. You know, there's been way too many times that the last game of the preseason, the fourth game, fourth week, you know, all these guys are pulling their starters and not playing them. Well, what happens? Well, they get a little rustier. Their their muscles tighten up a little bit. They, they didn't get out there and play that day, and, and they don't keep them loose and stuff, and then, you know, go out and they tear something in the first week. So, you know, I, I think there's definitely a rhythm to it, a routine to it that you got to keep, and these teams need to make sure they do that, but they need to bring them back the right way, bring them back slow, get them back up to speed, and then keep it that way. You know, and a lot of these players, you know, Alvin Kamara and some of these guys, are like, man, this is going to be brutal. It's 17-game season. We're going to need a rest week and stuff like that. Fine, you go ahead and do that. But I really anticipate that, and I hope it doesn't happen, but guys, mark my words, remember this later on, if we get to that 17th week, that 16th week, and, and guys want to rest a game and then come back right after that week and, and play, it's very well likely that someone, will tear something, Uh, someone will have a ligament type injury, because that's how it goes, that is how it goes, Um, so yeah, anyway, these routines and things, big factor, it's a big, big factor when it comes to this stuff, when it comes to being an athlete, you know, you take a day off, that's all right, you take two days off, that's all right, but you take three days off, you know, you can't do that, and you know, teams don't, Play, practice, whatever. The day before a game, they they try and rest the day after a game. So if you rest a guy during a game, that's three days off. And now what do you, what are you doing? You know, you you possibly have a chance to have their muscles tighten up and things like that. They're not really loose or anything, and then you have a chance of possibly tearing something. So anyway, um, yeah, that's it. So that that's our thoughts on that. You know, these teams need to figure it out because it's such a shame to see these guys, such young, promising guys, every year come out and and have these injuries and and ruin their season so uh yeah anyway we'll give you guys the last update for the evening 49 44 to start uh the second half and uh you know we're just over the 11 and a half minute mark in the second half and right off the bat Giannis has been uh more aggressive he went out there tried to block a shot got called call for goaltending but he was aggressive with it. Uh, came down to court, got uh, got an and one, and you know uh, made the free throw. So, you know, I can see already he's coming out more aggressive. He's rushing straight to the paint. He's getting inside. He's looking to get second chance baskets. You know, and that's that's what he did in the first quarter. That was so effective for them. So hopefully we can uh, continue seeing that from him. You know, I don't want to see him be shy and hesitant and crap the way he was in the second quarter. That's just not effective for Milwaukee. It's not exciting to watch out there either, because you know you just don't want to see a team not playing all that well. You know, I mean Phoenix. I mean Phoenix by far is not, you know, playing its best right now. You know, they got a lot of guys who are missing shots and not playing well. But uh, you know, to have both teams with their their star guys, you know, not not playing well and stuff when it comes to that. You know, that That's just something that we don't want to see. But Giannis just hit a three-point shot uh, to make it a one-point game. That's dangerous. That's dangerous to me because that tells me that he may not be willing to keep attacking the paint. And if he doesn't, guys, they will lose this game. He's got to get inside, look for easy buckets inside, chase the rebounds, and chase the second chance points. And that will be the recipe for success for them. So, that's really dangerous. I do worry about seeing that shot just then. And, you know, and they come back down the court and, you know, DeAndre got a lob at the basket. And, you know, it just has momentum swings. As momentum swings. It changes things up, guys. So, uh, anyway, I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, ultimately, right now, based on what I am seeing, uh, I think Phoenix will win this game. I think they will make it go to a Game 7, which I think is very exciting. I think everybody loves to see a Game 7. If you're in Milwaukee, you probably don't want to see one, but at the end of the day, guys, as a fan, as a fan, you should want to see a Game 7. You know, you should want to see a Game 7. It's the most exciting, and win or go home for everybody, and yeah, so uh, we hope here on the podcast that that's what happens, and yeah, we will see what happens with the NBA Finals. Best of luck to both these teams, and if this is it for the NBA season. It's been a great one. Both of these teams really deserve to win it, and yeah, it's gonna be a great story for either one. Great story for either one. I'm just so excited that both of these teams are the ones in the final. It's way too often that we have one, if not both, teams that we really just don't like. We're really not rooting for uh, in the finals and things like that. So now we got two teams that we really want to see do well, and so it's a win-win both ways. Uh, great, great for both of these cities. Great for both of the uh, organizations and stuff. And so yeah, we will see what happens. But thank you guys so much. Really appreciate the support on the podcast. We will start on Friday with our uh with some of our previews for the nfl season we will start uh and go by division so we'll talk about uh each division talk about all the teams in each team in that division and kind of what to expect the upcoming season for them uh maybe talk about a little bit about fantasy you know uh strategies things like that with some of the teams in the divisions and stuff who knows But yeah, you guys can look forward to that coming up on Friday and uh, we'll get some of those uh, recorded and things so we can have all those different previews coming before we get to the uh, Hall of Fame game that starts up here really soon. So yeah, thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. Have a great one and we'll talk to you again on Friday.